Welcome, Oncers. You have discovered the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is an unofficial podcast dedicated to the hit ABC TV show, Once Upon a Time. And now, here are your hosts, Jeff and Colleen Roney. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Hello. For our first thoughts for the episode entitled Unforgiven. Mm. No Clint Eastwood. This no. is different. <laughs> this is very different. So this is episode number 265. The show notes can be found at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 265. Great. So this was a very interesting episode. I actually really enjoyed it a lot. It filled in a lot of different parts that mm -hmm. we've wondered about and mm -hmm. opened up whole new questions. And mm -hmm. I have theories, and I don't think I'm the only one that has this theory, right. but right. we'll get to that at the end. So just off the top of your head, what did you think in general about this episode? No, I liked it. I thought it was really interesting to see the flip side of being a hero. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, everyone expecting perfection and goodness and kindness and light and love and truth and honesty and integrity. And that's a little bit of a blurred line there, isn't it? True. So we begin the episode with this nightmare. Mm -hmm. And early on, I figured it was a nightmare. Absolutely. And it was 2.37 in the morning. I've been up at 2.37 in the morning. <laughs> and I, we were wondering, where's Charming? What's happening with Neil? Is Neil okay? Mm -hmm. Then we have this appearance by Maleficent. Yes. And then we know that that was a nightmare. Right. And it wasn't just Maleficent. That's right. Right. Cruella and Ursula showed up as well. Yes. So. And then the clock goes to 2.38. She wakes and realizes that it was a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And... So then there's this conversation with Charming, mm -hmm. and he pulls out the nod to Lost mm -hmm. McCutcheon whiskey. Exactly. Pours a, another glass. He's been up. He's been worried. drinking. And I think they've both been worried sure. about sure. Ursula and uh, Cruella returning or, or coming to Storybrooke. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he he's he's using a little liquid medication to kind of get mm -hmm. through this, this issue. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so then we start learning more about this secret. We've, we've kind of known it was coming and now we kind of hear more about it. And I think that's what this whole episode really was about is what is the secret? I mean, there's a lot of things to it, but exactly. I, it's, I've seen, the Charmings worried about things, but I've never seen them worry to this extent before drinking. She didn't make a comment, but I kind of expected her to say, you know, you might not want to do that. No, I think, you know? I think her mental state was such that at that point in time, she wanted to join him. Okay. Honestly, because they're, they're clearly, I mean, they're, they're starting to lose their crackers a little bit. Yeah. So then, we continue on with this story and we see that there is, we see a flashback. The Charmings are going to this castle area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, they're coming home from their honeymoon. Right. And 
we see that Sleepy, well, he was sleeping on the job, which was kind of a funny joke. Of course. But then then they noticed that everybody was sleeping. And she they wait, a sleeping curse. Sleeping curse, yeah. And the first name that pops in their mind is Regina. Of course. Because who else had put the sleeping curse on them? Well, Snow, anyway. Right. And that was Regina, of course. And the the one thing I want to talk about before we really dive more into it is that was a fantastic CG scene. Yeah, it, it was. was incredible. Yeah, I mean they've really, really come a long way. Mm-hmm. So when they they hear someone turn around and they discover that it's Maleficent right. and Ursula and Cruella, mm-hmm. and so they start talking about this deal. They want to make a deal, exactly, which is very Rumpelstiltskin, mm-hmm. yeah, of them, and so that we'll we'll get more into that as it goes. Well, let's let's keep talking about that. So it may be tough for some people, but the more we get into the story of the flashbacks and all that, we learn more about these other things. There have been a lot of trees in this show. Sure. All kinds of different trees. A magical tree that you can build a wardrobe out of and send mm-hmm. people through Enchanted realms. and Enchanted tree. There's also a tree that has uh, pixie dust that, that grows on it right. and then gets from branches and all that. So magical trees abundant. But this tree is a tree of wisdom where you can mm-hmm. ask a question and get answers on something. Yeah. The first time we've ever heard of this kind of a thing. Sure. But anyway, it's, you know, something that could be possible, plausible in this fairy tale land. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but um, I, I just wanted to point that out. We'll we'll get back to it, but it's just something else we didn't know about. But sure. now no, we're there. What I really loved is the whole in Granny's Diner is that Cruella and Ursula are trying their best to be nice. Mm-hmm. They are not nice, but no. they're trying to be nice. Kind of when you're waiting for food for takeout mm. and, and the, the waitress or whoever's behind the counter is kind of not looking at you. They're, they're doing 12 other things. Mm-hmm. And you kind of look over like, Hey, I was, I was wondering, you know, and then the knave comes in, gets his coffee right away. Yeah. And then like, okay, wait, hold on just a minute. And then Regina comes in. And so now the duo, Cruella and Ursula, are trying to talk to her like, hey, you, you know, you, you need to do something over, over here. <laughs> and Regina's like, hey, hey, you know, this this isn't my fault. I mean, maybe it's you. Maybe right. she's a little leery about you. Pretty much. They all are. <laughs> right. And rightfully so. So anyway, it was just, and I knew those comedic moments were coming. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when, oh, let's say someone at a Christmas thing, you know that they curse or or tell rude jokes. And around the family, that's really not, you don't do that. Right. And so it's just kind of like this whole idea that someone really has to change to kind of fit in to the environment. And that's Mm -hmm. really what this whole thing for them is all about. So it's, it's really funny to kind of watch them. Well, and the whole thing was that they were basically calling out Regina for her stuff that yes, she did. Yes, right, right, right. In front of mm-hmm. Henry, and it made Regina uncomfortable. And that's why she's like, no, 
uh uh-uh, no, that's not me anymore. And that's when she told him, why don't you, you know, go on and go to my office and start working on the book. And then she flat out told them, you know what, don't bring up my past in front of my son ever again. We'll we'll get to it, but there's a lot of outing of secrets in this episode. Yes, there A lot of things that we knew, but they were actually vocalized. There were some really good secrets, too. Yep. So... One of the things I wrote down to is Charming was saying to Emma, we need to keep our eyes on these two, Cruella mm-hmm. and Ursula. Mm-hmm. And I, I wrote down, this. they didn't do too well with Sarah Foster, Zelina. <laughs> They've known that certain, in certain instances, these people are bad. We need to keep our eyes on them. And there's stuff going on all the time. And they, they didn't do too well, so... The, the funny thing is, is Cruella and Ursula don't seem to have really strong powers. And Regina even alluded to that at some point in the episode. She told, I think it was Emma or maybe it was Snow. I can't remember who she told, but she told one of them. She goes, look, these two are harmless. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're, you know, they're trying to redeem themselves. They're not going to do anything. They don't have any juice to do anything, basically, is what she's saying. And that's true because Cruella's big power is she can manipulate creatures, and Ursula's right. is she has super awesome tentacles like Miss Mrs. Incredible almost. You know what I mean? Right. It's kind of funny. They don't seem to have any other like powers beyond that. Well, and Cruella has a bejeweled gun. And we'll just I don't Right, know, which is so. not a power. I know. All right, so the hook had some kind of something with Ursula. Mm. And it was alluded to early on and it was a very uncomfortable scene. Yeah. He didn't really explain anything. And it was so uncomfortable, it made me nervous. Because mm-hmm. if I said anything near that, oh my gosh, it would be really bad. Yeah. So as we continue on, they're tracking the Cruella and Ursula. So Charming and Emma. But... um they're they're doing their best. What's interesting is Cruella and Ursula at Gold Shop. Belle was fit to be tied when they walked in that door. Well, yeah, hi, because they had kidnapped her before, right? To get the glove, the gauntlet from Lancelot or whomever, right? I don't. Yeah, that's how. Hello. Okay. Season four, first half, we ended it with that's how we knew they were coming. Oh, got it, got it. So yep. she's not really keen on them coming into the shop because she remembers what the, it was kind of like when she got ticked off at Regina for having locked that her up. That is correct. It's the same that principle. Right. You you jacked me over and why should I trust you kind of a thing. My mistake. Yeah. But, but she had the little potion ready to turn them into toads. Well, heck yeah, and so. rightfully so. But uh, I, there's little nods and little things here and there. Obviously, Ursula's tentacles are forever long. Again, she could, Mrs. Incredible. She's right. got the abil- ability to be very flexible and stretchy. <laughs> do, you I remember, loved, do you remember Stretch Armstrong, the, sure. the toy growing up, where you stretched him out and he was full of jelly and stuff? And- well, see, and that's the thing. As a kid, I'll make it short. As a kid, 
you know, you pull and pull and pull. And then somebody you heard say, I pulled it apart or I took a knife and I cut yeah. it open and I, there's stuff in there. Right. It's blue or blue gel. Yeah. Red or it was something. Gross. It was gross. Anyway. It was blue gel. It was gross. But anyway, that's what she reminds me of. Right. So I noticed the Dalmatian spotted cell phone case. Yes. Yes. Cruella had. Yes. I love that she's in the middle of talking to Belle and she turns around and is basically texting. Right. <laughs> I'm like, why doesn't she just look at her? I mean, why does she need... Because she's hiding it from her because she's hiding who she's texting, which I think is hilarious. But it's funny because Belle wouldn't have seen it anyway. It was just she didn't want her to see that she had texted him, I guess, which was funny. Well... And it would have been funny if she said, you don't have any Wi-Fi. And, you know, she stomped out the doors. Yeah. And Anyway, but it was still funny. So they took a box that had Maleficent's horns on it. Yes. We don't know. At that point, we didn't know what it was. Right. We didn't. We didn't know. But I noticed that she knocked over a candle yeah, stick right. to get to the box, which I thought, okay, if, if they don't reveal that it's missing right away that's going to be a bell's going to see that and know oh she somehow something you know happened but later on it turns out bell is a pretty good she has a real good idea of what's in that she shop knows what's exactly there and what's gone what's there yeah absolutely so. she knows exactly what's there and and because it was right there on the workbench that would have been exactly where it would have been found mm-hmm. but it's fascinating because apparently ursula's tentacles uh have vision and she can see what they see so it's almost like an extension of her eyes or something it's really yes. weird all right so we see henry reading about pinocchio mm-hmm. in the book yes we do which it kind of it was it was interesting that he was sitting at the mayor's desk yeah it's almost like you know mayor henry it was really interesting to see him sit there so, Maybe someday he just, will be. I, possibly. So then there's a discussion about uh, what Cruella and Ursula said, and it, uh, Regina said it reminded me of my past. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's interesting, people that have made life changes, whether it's, you know, drugs, alcohol, something, and sure. they, they were doing it and then they weren't doing it. Some people love to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're still... Remember when you used to do that? You're still that person. It's like, no, I, I, I don't do that anymore. I'm, I'm different now. I've, I've changed. People have a tough time so, believing that people can change, right? Especially people who tend to be a little bit stubborn, mm-hmm. right? Right. Because if you're stubborn, chances are good you're not, you're not going to change much yourself. So you find it really difficult to believe that somebody actually changes. Uh, very. Very cautious people, very suspicious people tend not to trust that people can and will change and that it's legitimately for the better or a permanent change. You know what I mean? And sometimes people don't want people to change. And that's the other, that's the other side. Because there is this idea that people kind of like their place in life. And, and if someone does better than them yeah. they don't like that and so they're always trying to kind of you're still that e- even though 
you've lost weight or you've changed this or you stopped that or you're still that person. Right. Or yeah. somebody so. who maybe does things you don't care for. Right. And then they stop doing that thing. You've built up this animosity towards yeah, them and right. you, you hold on to it. And it, it upsets your apple cart a little bit. And so even hearing about the old life, mm-hmm. it was kind of bothering Regina. Well, sure. As it would, I think, bother anybody. But more importantly, especially I was Henry. Say, well, because of Henry. Right, That's right. exactly what I was going to mm-hmm. say is because him hearing how just how bad she was. I mean, he has an idea, but he really doesn't have an idea. But him hearing about just how bad she was, she's she's worried that it's going to cloud his opinion and his feelings for her. Right. You know. You know, and because it was Ursula that made the crack about the hearts and the or her, anyway, one of the two about the hearts in the town was it the North Cruella. Kingdom oh, or Southern Kingdom or Cruella started I, I with the North remember. Kingdom and right. then North Realm and then yeah. Ursula chimed in with or was it South? Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's pretty bad. So you know we talked about it about parents not being perfect. Mm-hmm. But this is different. I think this is more vindictive than just, you know. So, right. And again, yeah. Regina's trying really hard to not be that anymore. And she's trying so desperately because she wants her happy ending. And she knows that anything she does now that's bad is going to jeopardize that. But she's she doesn't want to be reminded of it nonetheless. Because who does? Who wants to be reminded of the mistakes they make? I know. Nobody does. Especially... If you're if you're really working to change, right? So, exactly. All right, so let's move ahead, and we're going to talk about when Sheriff Charming pulls over Cruella, <laughs> the the driver of the year, Cruella Deville. Yes. By the way, I loved when Emma was trying to talk them out of Witch Patrol, which right. is what she called it, right? And she mentioned the fact that she was looking forward to grilled cheese all week. <laughs> Because apparently she's been eating a lot of kale salads lately, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just reminded me of that last of last week's episode. It was funny. Anyway, so they yep. pull they pull her over. Now I looked at it a couple of times. We did rewind and and check it out, but for sure, Cruella has some driving issues. Mm-hmm. Lots of parking tickets everywhere. Oh, dude! Multiple parking violations. At least six or seven that I counted that I could see. Three flasks that I counted yeah. in her glove box. Kids do not drink and drive. Oh, Adults don't drink and drive. Drinking Please. and driving do not go together do not do at that. all. It's not. Even though you see that I once upon a time. Right. Hopefully we're mistaken. And, and someone's Maybe like, no, no, water. that's not a flask. I'm pretty sure th- they were. <clears throat> so so we see a bunch. And there have been pretty a lot of funny movies about cars full of parking tickets and well whatever. hi we we laughed about the fact that even on better call saul he's getting parking violations right all right so but in the back it was tyler uh, tweeted and said it was a pimp mobile that cruella was driving because it had furry everything oh yeah furry shelves and and this and that yeah. and so um but through some little back thing where Charming hit it. Charming, it was like some secret Charming compartment. Charming realized that underneath the passenger side seat mm-hmm. was fur, and it didn't seem like it was 
it, there should have been a space underneath it, mm-hmm. like most cars have. So he punched it, and it was like a pop-out drawer. And in that drawer is the box. And in the box was the claw with the globe on the top. Right. And at that point, we didn't know what it was. I thought, because I remember seeing a a statue of Diablo in the last episode when mm-hmm. Rumpel went to go talk to, well, gathered Cruella and Ursula in Maleficent's right. castle. Mm-hmm. There was a Diablo statue, and I thought maybe it was the claw and mm-hmm. part of the bottom or whatever, but that was not the case. So Charming said it was a totem of Maleficent. Right. And I love the fact that he said, nope, all clear. And Emma was like, are you sure? Because, I mean, Belle said, you know, and he's like, I don't know what's going on, but there's nothing here. And the smirk and the look exchange between the two was, at first I thought, aha, they know he found it. And they are hoping that he keep, they know he's going to keep quiet because they don't want, Mm -hmm. you know, he doesn't want the secret told. Yep. So the we go back to the story of the tree, the tree of wisdom, mm-hmm. and there was this little toll not the not the troll bridge, but it was a bridge, correct? On the because the trio was taking the charmings to this tree, right? To get information on how to stop Regina right. with this curse, right? And the the requirement is. Only those with the most valiant. Two val- valiant people. Right, exactly. And right. who better than the Charmings, right? Yes. So they have to get past these guards. It reminded me a little bit of Monty Python's Holy, uh, right. Holy Grail. Yep. Yeah, actually, it was mm-hmm. Holy Grail, where uh, it was the bridge guarded by the the bridge keeper. You had to answer him. Answer questions three, right? Right. And if you didn't answer properly, woe Beat well, you. it was you were thrown into the yeah. You're thrown into the pit of eternal whatever, whatever. despair or something. Yeah. Yes, and all, all my all my friends and all the listeners that are Monty Python fans are going. That's not right. It's this. So, <laughs> please be kind, but we, let me know. We know exactly what it is. We just don't know the details. But anyway, yes. bottom line is they're trying to get past it, and the Charmings are going to work their magic, so to speak, in charming the gatekeepers or the bridge keepers to let them cross and they say not happening but maleficent gets bored and turns into a dragon and just burns them i don't think the guards i don't think she was bored i think she was frustrated well, that's what she said she says no one else is doing anything we right. need to get moving but i don't think she was bored okay she just said you weren't doing it i saw what needed to be done and right. i did it is there a problem no then let's move yeah so then we go back to present her day and Storybrooke and we see that Windows 95 is in full use at the sheriff's office. Well, hi, when Windows 95. I may have been older than that because they have iPhones. The box, the box on the table behind Emma said 1986 and had a pair of boots on top of it. 1986. I really weep for the people of Storybrooke. Mm-hmm. They're really really they're behind in the, bad shape. They're behind the times. And I'll bet you there's a lot of people that are going to go see Dr. Archie Hopper. Yeah, probably. For some help. Quite possible. All right. So I wrote down Emma is surrounded by people who are keeping things from her. 
Mm-hmm. And she knows it. And she does. She totally knows it's it. It's like Hook. Mm-hmm. And now her dad, probably her mom, and, and, and it starts to kind of build. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I really care. I love these people. And why aren't you being honest with me? They're treating her like a yeah, child. Right. Well, when you eat grilled cheese all the time, people <laughs> tend to do that. True. So we see Geppetto and Pinocchio. Yes, we do. In the mayor's office. Yep. Because the whole point is, let's get... if I love the whole figuring it out together where they decided, <coughs> you know what? August put that story into the book. If he was able to do it, maybe he knows how to right. you know, deal with the whole right. thing. So that'll give them more clues, and he might be able to help them figure out who the author is. <clears throat> well, I love the fact that Henry just stated a very, very blatant clue to my theory, which is that everyone writes their own story, right. when he said Pinocchio put his own story in there so Emma would believe. Mm-hmm. Alrighty then. Well, and so we'll see how that how that pans out. <clears throat> anyway, so right. But it was it was interesting that the young Pinocchio didn't know as much as the well, August version. Of course not, because he got restored back to his youth. He didn't have all the memories of being an adult. He was restored back to his youth. And, and it was really sad because, you know, poor little guy, he's sitting there, he's trying, and he felt bad because he knew they were all expecting him to remember, and he just could not remember. And I did not say it before, but I'll say it now. It was so nice to see Tony Amendola yes, and Jacob Davies again. Yes. It was just, it was really, really great. It was. To see them again because I know that there's more story to it, and we haven't even talked about my favorite scene in this episode yet, but. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so there great. There are a couple of really great scenes in this episode. You know, and, and Regina was falling back into her old ways when she figured that bringing Pinocchio back would kind of shed light on the author of the book. And she was really trying to kind of help him initially. And then she got upset. Well, she got frustrated because she was banking on this being the answer for her you know, problem of trying to find out who the author is. And it frustrated her because she, she wants so badly to have her happy ending that she couldn't see straight and didn't realize she was getting into that old evil queen habit. Old habits do die hard. Right. And Geppetto's lie about there wasn't Mm -hmm. just one person could go through. There could be two people that could go through. He sent his son first Then he sent Emma through the tree. And so that was really exposed. And so basically Geppetto said, stay away from my son. Don't come around. Right. Uh, You know, we're, we're done here. Yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately that, that did not go well. No, it didn't. So the Charmings snuck off early after kind of setting up the witch camp. Well, and, yeah, because basically they went across the bridge. They right. crossed the bridge, and I'm sure it was getting very dark by that time, and they had a little ways to go, so they ended up waiting, uh, you know, setting up camp until morning. And they snuck off early, and the witches are like, okay, let's, you know, let's go, and they're not to be found. And they got mad, rightfully so, because why would the Charmings need to sneak off? Right. And you were thinking maybe 
that was part of the reason that the answer didn't come is because they right. were not honest. Right. You know, one of the things you looked up the the term the valiant. Yeah, the definition. And, of valiant. and let, let's there's a lot of of different I mean, words, but let's stick to means. the one worthy. Let's well, stick to worthy. The is, yeah, there's there's three mm-hmm. definitions: boldly, courageous, brave, or stout-hearted. Marked by or showing bravery or valor, being heroic. And then the third one is worthy or excellent. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that's the and that was where I was wondering is you know if you're supposed to be valiant and you aren't worthy because you're being underhanded and sneaky. That's not a surprise that you didn't get the answer you're looking for. Well, and two, we we also kind of have a rework of that of that term at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they weren't worthy then because of the possibility that Emma could be not the savior. Right. right. But also maybe it was a foreshadowing of what they would do to make sure Right. That she was the savior. Right. That's probably another big reason why they weren't valiant. Right. right. <coughs> there's there's any number of reasons. But yeah, at this point, uh, you know, that was quite an interesting scene. And then when Maleficent basically tells them they're expecting, they had no idea. They would have eventually found out, I'm sure. But the fact that the Maleficent is telling them so early that they're expecting, um, that was kind of an interesting <laughs> That was shocking news, and you could see Snow was really excited about it, but at the same time, she's like not sure she should trust it, and it was it was a very interesting little scene. It we, was very well played. We talked about destiny a lot in this podcast, specifically about Once Upon a Time, and normally it is you will be great, you will be mm-hmm. a whatever, and yeah. and it's always pretty much a good thing, but in this episode, it kind of opened up destiny to this whole idea that it's a choice Mm -hmm. you can be this or you can be that and then it really takes the power out of that term destiny it's kind of like it's really up to you but i I think it's exciting to know that someone could be a hero they have the opportunity to Mm -hmm. be a hero Mm -hmm. or to not be a hero and so anyway it was just that was kind of more because i've always thought of destiny as that's where you're headed that's where you're going Mm -hmm. it may take you a long time and you may have a lot of side trips but you're going to end up being those are the boots that you're going to wear one day Mm -hmm. and in this case it was you may not even though your destiny is this you might not be that exactly and maleficent really laid it out very nicely and just flat out said you know your child has the great potential to be an amazing hero or a villain darker than any this realm has ever seen because it's a product of true love and we didn't know why she had probably been thinking about that and why she would know that and why it was so readily available and i mean it's one thing to kind of give a magical person this idea that they can see all and they know, but then we get to the end and then it'll really kind of, to me, right. fall more into place. Right. Like she's been thinking about this. Right. Right. So. Which is actually, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to have that conversation. All right. And 
I did. Okay, I did skip ahead a little bit. So I, I did want to talk about the uh, the scene where Regina went to go see Geppetto at his mm-hmm. garage. We haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, well, okay. Have we? Don't yeah. we have other things to discuss? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I mean, this is first thoughts. We're kind of yeah. just, I, I took my notes. I'm doing the best I can. I know. To kind so, of. That's fine. Let's talk about that. All right. So we, we, there's the blow up Regina and Geppetto. Right. But then later on, and it's, it's interesting. They, Adam and Andy love to do these type of echoes and mirrors of mm-hmm. different things. You remember the last time someone came to visit Geppetto well, yeah, at his August. garage? It was, it was August. August. And so again, Regina's coming to visit. And That's to, his workshop. You're, yeah. Right, right. But I mean, still, it, it's, it, it's always, you know, it's a mirrored thing. So she came and he just started just letting her have it. Look, I told you, stay away from my son, uh, you know. I'm not going to help you. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And she apologized, yeah. you know, and it took her a try or two to really kind of work it out. She really had to come up with the right words to make it, make him understand she really meant it. Yeah. Because this is very difficult for her. She's not used to doing this. Regina doesn't apologize for anything and for her to have to apologize. And I love the fact that she said, you know, if, Anybody had spoken to my son the way I spoke to yours, I would have done a lot worse than yell at them. And so I, you know, what I did was wrong. You know, I'm trying. And you can, you can see she's she's really, really wanting to be better than she has been. And I, I, I just, I, I'm absolutely loving it. Just absolutely loving it. And then she apologized. And I love the fact that he saw she was very sincere and that she meant it and that it wasn't some sort of, ploy to you know get information out of him she was she was apologizing she didn't come there for anything other than that and then i love the fact that he revealed that he has kept all of august's things from when he was an adult and then we see the motorcycle and i love that he gave her the saddlebags and said here maybe something in here will help you you and your boy can maybe hopefully you'll be able to find what you're looking for Awesome. Let me, yeah, let me add this is one of the lines she said is, I won't find my happy if, ending if I revert back to my old ways. Right. And so she kind of turned like, this is all I really can do. Yeah. I, I, I apologize to you. Karma or not, whatever she felt she needed to do that. Mm-hmm. And then as she turned, he said, wait. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's always those magical moments. Right. right. Then that's when he right. produced her with the... He said he kept everything and produced a, the bag for her. Yeah. And he looked at her and said, I wish you good luck. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, it was, it was such a, such a great, a great scene. Uh, another thing I, I, I jotted down, I didn't mention before is that there seems to be darkness in the good. It's never completely one or the other. Right. There's always some little bit of good in the darkness and also mm-hmm. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that some people won't buy that. They'll go, Jeff, come on. That's just crazy. But that's honestly, reality to it. Honestly, so. I do think that people have both. And it's all a matter of 
which side of the scale are you leaning towards? And what point in your life you are, why, what's the situation? So there, there's, I mean, mm-hmm. it's life. Circumstances. <coughs> Circumstances sometimes will tip the scales in the wrong direction. Right. And you have the ability to stop it from moving that direction or not. And most people, um, you know, I would, I, I can't even say most people. I'd say some people allow it to tip in the wrong direction. And that's where Regina has spent most of her time is, you know, tipped, the scale's been tipped in the wrong direction. She's now trying to tip it to the other direction. So she's, she's pretty balanced right now, I think, because she's still got that, you know, she has that streak in her. And she allows it to surface every once in a while. But I love the fact that she's fighting it so hard that she's forcing the other, you know, the scales to tip in the other direction. And I, I just, I love it. So now we go to this underground layer where Maleficent as, as a dragon has been confined. Right. What was confined. Under the library. Mm-hmm. Under the library. And so we've got the charmings down there. Now they're knocked out. Well, wait. The whole thing of how they even got down there, that conversation they were having, and the fact that they are lying to Emma, to her mm-hmm. face, telling her they're going for a walk, which is a whole load of hooey. They're going for a hike, and right. she doesn't buy it. And then she's, you know, and then they say, they, I mean, they just very effortlessly lied to her and said, well, you know, we kind of realize that we're not giving them a fair shake, so we really should, and we want to believe the best in them, blah, 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 blah. It was a lie. It was bald-faced lie. Yeah. And so they end up in the cave where Maleficent's ashes are. All they have to do is get her remains, scoop them up, and get rid of them, and then they'll be done with it. And the the point is that Ursula and Cruella show up and say, yeah, and knock, Ursula knocks them out with her tentacles. Right. And then <laughs> there's... Rumpelstiltskin, you know what you have to do. Hands Cruella the knife. And I'm like going, oh, sweet Lord, please tell me she's not going to cut them up. I mean, she's not. that's not going to happen. I didn't know what she was going to use the knife for. Right. I really didn't know what that was going to be, where we were going to go with it. Well, and he was worried, too, as he goes, it's all going to come back to me. I know that, you know. Well, he was worried. And they were like, no, no, no. And they lied to him because she said, or, or he asked, well, did Bell ask about me? No, he just said he didn't ask if Bell asked. He just said Did my name come up did, or whatever. He didn't even ask that. One of them said, No, darling, your name didn't even come up. How is Bell? Is she is she okay? That kind of a thing. And they said, Your name didn't even come she's she's fine. Your name didn't even come up. So she's moved on. So they were mean to him a little bit. Right. And uh he, yeah, because his whole concern is, do they suspect me at all? No, and neither does Bell. In fact, your na- name never came up. That's how that conversation yeah. went. So it's that whole thing of he wants so desperately, because he still loves Bell. He still loves her. There's no question about sure. that. And we, we saw an, an evidence of that later. But he's he's there. He's like, okay, let's just, you know what you need to do. And then he turns and walks away. And so then that's when, you know, Corolla cuts them and then drips their blood from their from her knife onto Maleficent's ashes. And then she reveals that the whole thing that you stole from the car, that was just a ruse. We didn't care about that. That had nothing to do with it. We don't need a totem from the 
from her. We needed your blood, the blood of those who had wronged her most grievously or whatever. Right. So. So, so then we see now, first of all, and, and we've talked about this before, and I know magical beings don't really die, even though when the producers say dead is dead, they don't mean magical beings. Correct. So we saw blood going there, swirling around. We saw the Hugh Hefner in the smoking jacket mummy <laughs> thing come back. Yeah. And then we see the dragon come back. And then we see Maleficent not dressed in the purple gown anymore. No. With the hair horns. Right. We got the, the black gown with the horns that look like she's in the dancing troupe of Madonna. That's the way <laughs> she's dressed now. It, more than likely, it's it's really echoing the Maleficent film Correct. that was just out. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Well, but, and yeah, and and Reg- Maleficent now is playing the Regina card and telling the Charmings, you're going to suffer. Yeah. You're going to suffer. Yeah. I'm going to make sure you suffer, just like I've suffered. So Right. I'm not going to kill you. Right. Why would I do that? That's too easy. I want you to feel pain. The yep. pain that I have felt. The intense pain that I have felt. Yep. And so that is important because based on... What happens at the end here, which we'll, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. So <clears throat> the charming say that we have to tell Emma everything. We yeah, have to do we that. We have to. We absolutely and have to. So they head down to the sheriff's office to do that very mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And then Hook begins to broach the subject with Ursula again. And Emma, I think, was being a very evolved girlfriend and saying, Look, look, you don't have to tell me everything. I know there was something, but, you know, I, I, I'm well, fine. She, she point blank you know. said, did you break her heart? And he said, right. worse. So she didn't she didn't push him to tell no, everything, but she was no. asking specific questions. Was it this? Was it that? And then, yeah, I mean, so she didn't want to hear, but she was kind of she wanting like, to uh, what the level of it was. She pretty much said, you'll tell me when you are good and ready to tell me right in your own time. And I'm okay with that. I'll, I trust you. And you know, she's admitting, Hey, I'm not used to this and it's okay. Cause I trust you. And so that's when they were kissy facing. Well, she said, I expect the worst of people. Yeah. Yeah. She said, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And it really goes back to the conversation that she had with Graham. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and that whole lead up to that, she said, I have my walls up. My defenses are up. I don't let love in. I don't let anybody in. Right. I'm safer that way. Right. And again, it was this whole kind of explanation of I don't, I just expect the worst of people. And that's what I get. Right. And that's, I mean, that's pretty deep. Mm-hmm. Because... When you expect the worst, you get the worst. Mm-hmm. But then people are going to say, but I've expected the best and I've been let down. That's life. When you're dealing with people, humans, humans are full of fail. They, 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 they fail all the time, mm-hmm. but not always. Right. Sometimes, magically, unfortunately, good things happen. Yeah. And so if you expect the worst... You're Here's a question. If you expect the worst, what do good things happen? For instance, I know a guy always expects the worst. I've been with the guy in the car and I go, look, you got prime parking spot. Oh, well, uh, see, 
sometimes good things do happen. Right. But, but if you're not expecting it, you won't remember it. Anyway. Well, so. here's the thing. If you expect the worst and you get the worst, it's exactly what you expected. Absolutely. If you expect the worst and something good happens, it's you're not disappointed, right? Mm, if right. you expect the best and you don't get the best, you're disappointed. So it's easier to expect the worst because either way, whether you, whether the worst happens or whether it doesn't, you're not disappointed, mm-hmm. right? And Emma was continuing to talk and she you know, looked at Hook and said, I'm going to choose to see the best in you. Mm-hmm. And so it was almost like a first step of a new life for her, a new paradigm shift, a new way of looking at things. But again, it's choice. Right. She's yeah. choosing right. to see the best regardless mm-hmm. of what actually happened. I love the fact that Snow and Charming were eavesdropping on this whole mm-hmm. entire conversation because then it made them think that they would or would not. It changed how they were going to de- deal with her. And I knew it was going to change what they what they said to her. Yep. Simply because... Of the fact that, you know, she kept bringing up the fact, you know, I had a horrible childhood and because of that, I don't trust people, blah, 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 blah. But I'm going to choose to see the best in you. And, you know, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take a leap of faith kind of a thing. And that really, you know, I think jacked with Snow and Charming's emotions. And then, of course, they're kissy facing and that's when Snow and well, Charming. Well, they're spotted, too. That's what I'm and saying. Emma's, yeah. They made noises mm-hmm. and that's when Emma kind of spotted them and... Then that whole thing of, and then they came back and basically left out a lot of stuff. Maleficent's back. The yeah. Sea witches re- resurrected her. And Emma said, "Well, why are they? Why are they attacking us?" Right. And then what Snow did is gave kind of the normal generic because they're villains and we're heroes, leaving yeah. out the full intent of why they were going there. Well, exactly. To tell Emma everything. Right. So That's my point. They changed their mind about mm-hmm. what they were going to tell her. Because at this point, it's easier to just blame the villains than it is to own up to their mistakes. Yeah. And you know, what's, was, what's, what's interesting is, you know, there, there's terms like, you know, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free and the truth and let's live in the truth and the truth. The truth is it can be freeing, mm-hmm. but it also can be, it can destroy certain things because look, living a lie that that's crazy in and of itself. But once you introduce the truth, that can really, that can really throw you for a spin too. Well, sure. And anyhow, I think we're going to see that. There's no coincidence that it's sometimes called the ugly truth. Right. And just remember in Neverland, remember the Echo Cave, mm-hmm. those true, honest statements that you would that remember that you never make. Yeah, yeah. When those were out, it really caused a lot of ripple effects. Sure. So, and that is the unfortunate reality. It's our reality. So, Snow and Maleficent they had a conversation. We're missing the Snow and Regina conversation, right? <coughs> Snow and Regina had the conversation. Before we saw the snow Maleficent, or was it before? It was it was after, but it was after. anyway, the the Maleficent said we have something in common, and because she put basically Charming to sleep so she could talk to Snow, right, right, and said we're pregnant, and we've got to stop this curse because 
You know, you're, I know you're going to stop the curse or do something to protect your child, but I have a child too. Right. So, and this curse is going to affect everyone. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was, that point was where I, it was kind of for me where in season one, we'd seen Rumpelstiltskin and why he was just this horrible little imp, devilish little imp. And he was kind of a, a creepy guy. And then you realize why he was doing what he was doing, which was to protect his son. And you kind of had a little bit more compassion. It's that whole thing of why is he a villain? Now we know my, why Maleficent was kind of going that route. I'm very fascinated. Who is the father? Who is she with? Right, right. You know, what happened to him? You know, who is he? Was he a, a magical being as well? Or is he just an ordinary human, like, you know, charming or something like that? I mean, you, know, you never know. And the fact that she's now expecting a baby and... Honest to God, that conversation between her and Snow, I was thinking to myself, Snow had an opportunity to do the right thing, and she flat out said, I will not become you. I'm not going to do anything dark to protect my child. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wait, who said you have to do anything dark to protect your child? Right. Who said you had to stoop to that level? Yeah, she said, uh, "We we will win, but not compromise herself to do it. And the irony is that's a big fat freaking lie because they absolutely compromised who they were to win. Yeah. It really made me very disappointed in Snow. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Snow and Geppetto going toe to toe saying whose child is more important to go through? Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I I get it because parents will do pretty much anything to protect their kids. I totally get that. And Geppetto was, was... he was there. And that's what he did, which is interesting because what about all the other kids? Why right. was why I was know. Pinocchio more important than any other kid? Right. Right. And and you know Geppetto put all of his stock in his son. So mm-hmm. You have got to make sure that of- Emma knows, and Emma fulfills her destiny. Well, and he put an awful lot of pressure on him sure, too. Sure. So, but I, I honestly, when I heard Snow say, we won't compromise who we are, I won't become you, become like you. I'm like, what, a mother doing anything to protect her unborn child? Are you kidding me? You, you are doing that. You are exactly doing that. And you will figure out some way to do it. And just because Maleficent toasted those three guys on the bridge, and that's probably what started that whole thing. Right. If Maleficent hadn't. And if they'd been able to figure out a way to go past them or whatever, then that might have been a different story. But, wow, it still just disappointed me that Snow was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to protect my kid, but I really couldn't care less about yours. Mm. Yeah. That's not Snow. That's not a good, sweet Snow. So that reveals that there's darkness in her and has been for a long time. Right. So then Snow and Regina have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And you know, say I have a secret that Emma can never tell. You no, know, that it never, we never, never can find out. No, and she said, "I try to keep a secret for you." You know, unfortunately, it didn't wake up, work out. But you asked me to keep a secret, right. and I couldn't. So now I'm asking you to keep one for me. And I'm thinking to myself, that's kind of ballsy to really. You know, and it brings everything full circle sure. to where we started with something about a secret. 
And in the end, Snow says, I need you to be a double agent. I need you to go on their side. I need you to make sure, find out what they're doing. I need to make sure that Emma never knows this because she's starting to open up to trust, to love, to Mm -hmm. think the best of people. And if she finds out what we've done, it will destroy her. It it will send her hurtling down a dark path or something like that. And unfortunately, I think that's what we're going to see. Well, so I agree with you. The fact that Emma is making the choice to see the best in Hook is the beginning of Emma making other choices that may not be so positive. Because we don't know what the story is with Ursula. And I'm quite sure Ursula will tell her a tale or two about Hook that may or may not be honest. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's going on with that. I'm not even worried about the whole Hook and Ursula thing. But what I do think is going to be interesting is Maleficent's secret. And again, I felt compassion for Maleficent. She's painted as a villain. Right. But again, she was doing what what any normal mother would do, protecting her child. And then when when Regina kind of is like, well, what secret were you talking about? What happened? When Snow said Maleficent, because of what we did, Maleficent lost her child. Right. Now, that has two meanings. Sure. Did she have a miscarriage and never give birth in the first place? Or, I think this it's is the where second. I'm inclined to go, did she have the baby and the child was lost to her somehow? She had to give it away for some reason. She had to, you know, did Rumpel get it? possible and i'm i'm fairly certain her daughter was born yep and her daughter has a name and mm-hmm. starts with l mm-hmm. that's what i think and that's a very real possibility because that's that what i think fit. because it it's sort of again the connection that maleficent was talking to snow about mm-hmm. it's not only that they're pregnant but they also i think their daughters will find each other again and hopefully maybe if emma does go dark which it's kind of the way it's looking yeah that lily Mm -hmm. our thought of maleficent's daughter will have gone good and rescue emma which here's another thing too i mean i'm gonna go out on a really crazy limb for for a change here because I could totally see this happening somehow. I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb here. Don't you think it's kind of interesting that Emma, the blonde savior, is with Snow, who has raven hair and, right. and Snow white skin, and Charming, who's got kind of a blondish brown sort of hair, and Lily, who's very dark, right. may belong to Maleficent possibility of a switch at birth kind of a thing or switch in the womb kind of a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Because wouldn't that make more sense? Lily, snow white Lily. Hmm. That's (laughs) a good point. I'm just saying, I think it's kind of an interesting thing to kind of, how is that going to, so 
wouldn't that be an interesting? Well, really I'm, cra- I'm not trying. Yeah, crazy the only thing plot twist. we 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 did pretty much see most of the birth though. No, I understand. That. So, I'm not saying I'm not saying right. at birth at birth theoretically like soul thing or something. Maybe yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying, but yeah. I'm I'm saying potentially beforehand right. because we don't know what exactly they did yeah. to Maleficent that she lost her child. We just know she lost her child. Right. What that means, we don't know. And that was so sad when she had the you know the thing and shook the rattle, and you could see her getting teary eyed. Again, what does that mean? Does that mean miscarriage or? baby was lost to her after it was born and my my gut says that she had the baby and it somehow was taken from her so that's just what i'm thinking so another great scene that was just devastating oh yeah and i well it was that whole the whole scene where snow is telling the secret where we're watching you know her tell regina and then we're watching henry find the page which had a door and i don't know what that door door, was and it said author so the author may be behind that door somehow Mm -hmm. i don't know where that door is but all it reminded me of was uh jefferson's hat right um and then the whole scene that just killed me that was like devastating and yet at the same time really really great was the whole bell you know gold watching her from across the street from in front of the library, of course, and seeing her in the shop and kind of seeing her and, you know, feeling that that love that he feels for her. And, and so, you know, hopefully excited that he's going to get his happy ending, which includes her. And then all of a sudden his face changes and you see the knave mm-hmm. step into view. Yeah. And he's like, whoa. And then all of a sudden, Belle leans over and kisses the knave. And I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, gasp, gasp for a lot of reasons, but mostly Belle and, and Gold. But then I'm thinking, too, ooh, Anastasia. What about Anastasia? Mm-hmm. I I noticed a tweet really fast. And I think it was Shelby, Renee, um, something like that. And it was like, okay, we know that. I think they're calling it Scarlet Beauty is mm-hmm. is a thing, but how long has it been going on? I don't know. That's the and tough see, part. We haven't had any kind of clue. What? They had a conversation in the library. It's but I'll tell you how long it's been going on. Sometime within the last six weeks, right? Because yeah. that's how long it's been since Gold left. But I mean, normally there's little kind of hints here and there. Yeah. You can kind of see it coming. But so this, to I'm, me, I'm just saying, is this is fairly uh, nowhere new. within yeah. the last couple of weeks? Right. Is what I would guess. And obviously, this is really going to pit Gold against the Knave, Will oh, Scarlet, dude. and so now now we got trouble there. But I think he's going to be more devastated. Yeah. Than anything else, and I think oh, this you is, saw him just sure. the devastation. I mean, Robert Carlyle is again. I'm just gonna say because he's ridiculously amazing, and his reaction was truly just gut wrenching mm-hmm. and hard to watch a little bit. Because, but then I was like, kind of like, no, you know what? You screwed up, dude. Right. You did this to yourself. And the only reason Belle's with him is be- with Will is because she doesn't believe she's ever going to see Rumple again. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she told Hook last week, he's out of our lives forever. Right. So in her mind, it's done and over with. She's a widow in her mind. You know what I mean? So this is really, I think, going to turn up 
the heat more for his badness. Oh, because I'm he said sure he has that. nothing now, and we've always said that is that Bell was going to be the equalizer mm-hmm. for him. Well, mm-hmm. she's out of the picture so far right now. Well, at the moment, so. because he's not there. I mean, and, the the funny thing is, what's going to happen when she realizes he is back? What's going to happen then? Right. Because now Will's got his heart engrossed mm-hmm. in the relationship. She's developed feelings for him at some point. Obviously, they've started, and they're it's a new relationship. So the fact is, is that this is going to devastate a lot of people. I mean, it's devastating to Rumple, it's devastating to Belle, and it's going to be devastating to Will. Yeah. Well, just a quick, you know. Sorry to all the rumbellers out there. This is yeah. a huge shock for sure. Yeah, it is. So, but we will continue to follow the story. Yeah. No, this is a great, great episode. Let's just end it there. I think sure. there, there's a lot of really interesting questions and I think some fun theories that we've thrown out. Maybe some of them are right. More yeah. than likely they're not. But they're fun to talk about. Well, it is. So. I'm like I said, completely crazy. You know, that would be. I mean, that'd be a crazy, crazy plot twist. But like I said, I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that right. and somehow figure out a way to switch them because of basically things that have been said. So, sorry about the coughs. I, I have a week to kind of get uh, get better. So. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate however you found us. And it's always kind of an interesting thought of how did you guys find us? Mm-hmm. Who, sure. who referred you to us and how did you learn of us and how did you start listening? It's just, it's always to me mm-hmm. a very interesting question, but we are so thankful and happy that you do listen to us. And I want to send big love out to everybody. And remember, big love is so big that you can't keep it all to yourself. Mm-hmm. So take what you need. Sometimes we need more than others. Yeah. So take what you need and pass on the rest to somebody else because that really makes life worth living. True. Okay. So until next time, I want to let you know that you can send in emails and you're going to get more information on that. Also information on how you can support us. And we really do thank you for supporting us so much. And there's information coming. And until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen and uh lady is down there sleeping with her nose out from under her little blanket. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. It's just, a nose sticking out. So take care, guys, and we will be talking at you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. This is a Rony Zone Media production. Our website is onceuponatimepodcast.com. You can contact us by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash contact. You can also connect with us on social media by going to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash connect. If you enjoy what we do and would like to support us, we invite you to go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash support. There's a number of ways that you can help us out, and we truly thank you for it. The Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, where you experience more of the magic of ABC TV's Once Upon a Time.